well, if we're just looking to men, you are on one sorry road. But when you look to Jesus, when you look to the King of glory, men, we'll let you down, won't we? Men, we'll all let each other down. But Jesus will never let us down. Don't put your trust in man. Don't put your trust in your favorite podcast preacher and begin to worship those guys. No, 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 no. Put your trust in Jesus Christ and him alone, and he will prove himself faithful in your life. Welcome to This Day in the Word with Pastor John Couch, the radio teaching ministry of This Day Ministries. It is a joy to have you listening today, and we pray that you will be encouraged, challenged, and motivated to live for God like never before. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor John Couch. Almighty God, and glorious Father, we come before you today with just a profound sense of humility, a deep desire to have you work in our lives, in our families, our community, our church, our schools, our businesses. And God, we know this though, that apart from you, we can do nothing. So Father, I pray that we don't forget you. But I pray we put you first in all we do. So, Father, would you move all across this room today? Would you move online? I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would move in power. God, we know that we cannot manufacture a work of you, nor do we desire to do so. But we believe this, God, that through the power of the Holy Spirit, all things are possible. So, Father, we pray that the enemy would not have any foothold, that his darkness that he promotes would be extinguished by the lights. We pray that we would have soft, tender hearts, pliable hearts that want to grow in you and make you known, that love your word, that love your truth that are willing to stand in the gap courageously and boldly in a world that promotes passivity. Lord, I pray you raise up some bold, courageous disciples of Jesus right here in this community that lovingly, that mercifully, but yet simultaneously, boldly and courageously will stand for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, I pray you give me your words, not my own. Move me behind the shadows of the cross. I pray that all we see is you and your glory and your praise and your fame. And may I decrease while you increase. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you and only you, my Lord, my rock, and my Redeemer. And together we pray this all in the mighty and the matchless name of the risen Savior, King Jesus, and all God's people said, amen. Take your Bible and turn to 2 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1, 
Second Peter chapter 1 as we look at verses 19 through 21 together. Second Peter chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 16 through 18 to lead us into our context from last week, and then we'll dive into these three verses together. And so here's what the Word of God says, the holy, living, breathing Word of God. And we're going to see where this came from in our study today as we examine what it looks like to light a candle in the darkness. Here's the Word of God. 2 Peter chapter 1, 16 says this, For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Pause there for a moment. Who else besides me is excited about the return of King Jesus? Amen? I'm excited about Jesus Christ coming back to this earth. But, Peter writes, we were eyewitnesses of His majesty. Verse 17, for when He received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to Him by the majestic glory, God Himself, who said these words, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Verse 18, we ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with Him on the holy mountain. If you remember, he's referring there to this great transfiguration. And Peter was there, and he, and he saw Jesus in all His glory. And, and he says, hey, I got an idea. I love hanging out here on the mountain. <laughs> Why don't we build a Let's build some tabernacles up here. And then Jesus began to overshadow him and interrupt him and show off his glory and his praise. And again, the thought behind this is that God can take your mess today and he can create your message. In the midst of the darkness that you're dealing with today, in the midst of the darkness that's pressing in around you, maybe it's in your family, maybe it's in your personal life, maybe it's in your school or, or your business or wherever you're going, that, that you just see the darkness, you can sense the darkness, because here's the deal, when you are a true follower of Jesus Christ, you are now walking in the light. There's no way to debate this because you can't debate it. If it's real in your life, you're walking in the light, and if you're walking in the light, you clearly identify the darkness. And that's why you and I have the opportunity. We have the privilege to light the candle of the gospel right smack dab in the center of the darkness. You think about Peter's life and how he was used mightily, how he was used so mightily in the midst of his mess and brokenness. He's now writing this book, and now today he pens these words in verse 19 when he says this, and we have the prophetic word that's more fully confirmed, love that, to which you, here it is, listen church, to which you and I will do well to pay attention to. As what? Don't miss this. This is mission critical right here. As to a lamp that's shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star, King Jesus, He rises in your hearts 
knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit and all God's people said. Powerful, isn't it? We live in a culture, and I don't have to tell you this, but I will anyway, where right is wrong, and wrong is right, and the fence of truth has not been moved, it's actually been removed. Where everything's relative, hey, whatever you think it to mean, and think through that if we did that for a moment, church. Imagine we did that just with our driving laws around this community. Can you imagine how insane things would be if we just said, you know what, hey, we don't want to offend you, and maybe you don't like driving 45 on Iron Bridge, so why don't we just remove all the speed limit signs? Why don't we remove all the traffic signals? Hey, we don't want to, you know, hey, it's you and what you think. Can you imagine the utter insanity that would take over just our community alone? Now take that infinitely to the spiritual power that as the enemy continues to deceive, as he continues to say, you know, you don't need the Word of God. It's archaic is what he says. Lie after lie after lie after lie. He's leading droves of people deeper into the darkness. You say, how do you know that? Well, we'll listen to what Peter writes here in verse 19. Look in your Bible there. It says this, and we have the prophetic, the prophetic, the, the prophetic word, the word there means the logos. Jesus himself is the word, the logos. We have this prophetic, this foretelling, this foreshadowing, this looking forward to, if you will, word that is what? Well, there it is. It's fully confirmed. Here's the great news. We are in a crazy world. If you're a parent today raising a young child, if you're a school administrator, if you're a a teacher, these are tough days. Let's just call it what it is. It's hard to get where we're going if we first don't identify and get realistic about where we really are. I mean, we can just, you know, patty cake it and sweep it under the rug, but we'll never get to where we need to go unless we first get honest and open and go, this is where we are. If you're a parent today raising a young child, I pray for you. All of the darkness whether it be television, whether it be social media, whatever, that the enemy is just, he's, it's almost like he took his toolbox and just said, you know what, I'm tired of just taking one tool out at a time. I'm just going to dump everything out on this society. And he's pressing in, he's pressing in. I'm telling you, parents, if you're not willing to lead your children in the ways of the Lord, the world will gladly take your place and do it for you. I mean, they will gladly do it for you. That's the whole point of the enemy. He's like, he can't wait to lead your kids and grandkids off cliff spiritually. It's so easy to talk about the things of the Lord, 
It's a whole nother game, right? To actually do the things of the Lord. And here, this prophetic word has been fully confirmed. So in other words, when you read your Bible, you don't have to go, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) I really don't know if God meant that. He did. I mean, it's okay to begin to stand on the truth of God's Word. It's okay to do this. We often say the squeaky wheel gets the grease. You know, it's it's okay for Christ-following parents and grandparents today in this community to go, you know what? That's for me and my house. That's for me and my house. We're serving the Lord like, it may cost us everything, and that's okay, but as for me and my house, we're serving the Jesus Christ who died on a cross, who rose again, who reigns and rules triumphantly. As for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. And what a great encouragement it is that for you and me that decide to do that, the playbook that we go by, this Bible, has been fully confirmed. It's stable. It's sure, it's true, it's real, it can be counted on. That's why our key number one in your notes is this. As we dive into this paying attention to the Word, here it is, key number one. I must intentionally pay attention to Scripture as it is the light shining in the darkness around me. Write that down in your notes. Key number one. I must intentionally pay attention to Scripture as it is the light shining in the darkness around me. Go back up in your Bible to verse 19 for a moment because the end of the verse says this so so beautifully, to which you would do well to pay attention to as a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns that the morning star rises in your hearts. Again, the morning star is King Jesus. And two things are going to happen here for sure. If you're a true follower of Jesus Christ, He is going to continually, through sanctification, ongoing change, becoming more like Jesus, He will be rising in your heart. You will see this. You will feel this in your life. It will be so transformative. It will be so tangible in your life that you were once walking in darkness and now you're walking in the light. You will see it and feel it clearly, but also secondarily, Jesus is coming back. He's going to rise. Amen? One of my fears is the enemy is continuing to distract at an all-time record high. Let me just get people distracted. Let's not really focus on what matters. Let's dabble way over here in this stuff. Again, we'll talk about holiness. We'll talk about obedience. We'll talk about righteousness. We'll talk about humility. Are we really doing these things? Because when we do these things, all these other things get taken care of. But the enemy goes, no, 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 no. Just talk about those things and go dabble all the way over here. Don't pay attention. Don't be intentional. No, we would do well start paying attention to what the Scriptures say. When, when God says, be holy as I am holy, it's not a suggestion. It's something we've got to start talking about openly. 
Now we need to be holy. We need to do this. We need to be a person that just desires to be totally surrendered to Jesus. And if the enemy, I call him Dr. MD, Master Distractor. Psst. Psst. Squirrel. Squirrel. And it's just a move of the enemy. And for those that have really given their lives to Jesus, they will want to walk in the light as He is in the light. I made these thoughts. I wrote these down. I said, since this statement is true about this key number one, just take a wild guess what the enemy will do in tempting us. Well, it's just the opposite. Think about this. Key number one, I must intentionally pay attention to Scripture as it is the light shining in the darkness around me. What do you think the enemy is going to do? Not a deep theological question. He's going to do everything in his power to continue to attack this and attack those who are teaching this to keep everyone away from this. Oh, he's so genius. I wrote this thought down. He attacks what and also who hurts him most. So he attacks what hurts him most, and he attacks who hurts him most. What hurts him most? The truth of God's Word. Who hurts the enemy the most? Those declaring the truth of God's Word. So he and those who are working for him attack the Word, and they attack those who are attempting to teach the Word of God, and they begin to discredit through lies and half-truths those that proclaim the Word of God. We saw this last week. We talked about this. Peter endured it. Paul endured it. Isaiah endured it. Jeremiah endured it. Jesus endured it. What do you think that leaves for us that are willing to stand on the Word of God? We're going to endure it, and we should count it all joy. This is a privilege, right? This is a privilege to suffer for the name that's above every name. Because here's the reality. You talk about the insanity of all this, the carbon monoxide that's killing spiritually. We don't see it, taste it, nor smell it. It's killing us. Those that are teaching this great, glorious Word of God, those of you that are standing on the Word of God out in your community, in your neighborhood, and wherever you're going, and you're lovingly and graciously being light in the darkness, but you're bold and you're standing on the Word of God, you're actually trying to help the process of regeneration and saving the very people that are attacking you. You talk about insanity. That's how the enemy works. You say, well, what about this light and darkness? Well, write down Psalm 119, 105. Psalm 119, 105, your word, your word, the Bible, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Do you believe that today, church? Say that with me right now. Your word, say it, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It is so glorious. You open this glorious Bible, this Word, and you've heard me say it over and over, but if you're not in the book, if your face is not in the book, this is the original Facebook right here, amen? If you're not in the book, if you're not in the book, 
I'm telling you, you're going to get eaten alive by the lies that are going to be at your doorstep. Because how will you know? How will you know what's false if you first don't know what's true? Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You know, it's so interesting that we stumble, don't we? And we stumble in the darkness. Have you noticed that? Oh, sure, we can stumble in the light. I get it. There's, of course, isolated incidences, but we often stumble in the darkness. And sometimes we don't even realize we're in the darkness. We become, we become so acclimated to it. We sit in it for so long, for so many years, that we don't even realize. And then light gets brought onto the scene, and instead of embracing the light, we begin to push against the light. I was thinking of Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. For at one time you were darkness, past tense, but now, don't you love that? At one time you were, but now you are light where? Where are you light at? In the Lord. Therefore, do something. And then that kind of cool? It's not like, man, I'm glad I'm light in the Lord. Got that over with. No, what do you do? Right there, the verse says, walk, live, behave as children of the light. This is so cool. I was talking with someone here recently who has been moved from darkness, and this person is now walking in the light, and it's evident. It's like, who are you? I'm a new creation in Jesus. They are clearly walking in light, not rebelling against it, not making excuses, not but just walking in the light. So beautiful to see people who give their lives to the Lord truthfully and they begin to walk in the light. That's why 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6, 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says it like this, For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. We'll look at verse 20. Peter goes on, knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. Now we're drilling down. This is where this thing gets meaty. Knowing this first of all, here, here's what Peter's saying. He's going, listen up, listen up. He's saying, priority. I got a priority delivery right now. I got Amazon Prime coming in your door. Here it is. Knowing this first of all is what he says, not second, not last, not in the middle. First of all, that no, zero prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. Wow, we live in a culture today where everyone has an opinion on Scripture. And what a dangerous, dangerous scheme of the enemy. We must light the candle of the gospel in our hearts, church. We must preach it to ourselves daily. The person that needs to hear the sermon the most is me. For you, you could say the person that needs to hear the sermon the most is you. And the person that needs to hear it most, me, 
I must preach it to myself just over and over to be conformed to the image of Christ. Romans 8.29, it's an ongoing process as we work out this salvation with fear and trembling that we are stumbling towards Christ. We are becoming shaped and molded over time, day after day through this experience and this trial and this setback and this issue and this disappointment that, that God is working behind the scenes. That these momentary light afflictions that don't seem like they're very momentary right now, that, that are frustrating us and are discouraging us, that these momentary light afflictions, the Bible says, the truth of God's Word says this, that they are working out an eternal way to glory. Does that encourage anyone else besides me? Because I am so encouraged by that. But that all the nonsense that we go through in this life for actually trying and attempting to lead people to the fountain of living water. Well, actually on that day when you and I that are true believers, we stand face to face with King Jesus, it will be worth it all. You're listening to This Day in the Word, the radio teaching ministry of This Day Ministries. All of Pastor Couch's messages are archived and are free to download at thisdayministries.org. In addition, you can share your prayer requests with us via email. Our email address for prayer requests is prayer at thisdayministries.org. That's prayer at thisdayministries.org. And now, back to This Day in the Word with Pastor John Couch. Oh, I pray as we think on key number two, that we would understand this. Key number two, Scripture is not true because I believe it's true. Scripture is true whether I believe it or not, period. Key number two, Scripture is not true because I believe it's true. Scripture is true whether I believe it or not. If you go back up for a moment in verse 20, it's very interesting here. It says this, knowing that this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. This is very interesting. When you study this in the original language, this is what it means. It's explaining Scripture, the Bible, the truth, through the lens of self. As if, so to speak, that we're loosening, kind of loosening the degree of truth in the Scripture. Make it palatable. Water it down. Don't offend people. And over and over, this is what happens. That's what he's talking about there. No, we understand that Scripture, this Bible that I hold in my hand in front of you today, this is true. Church, hear me clearly. This is true not because I believe it's true, although I believe it's true. I can choose to not believe this to be true, which I don't, but I could, and this Bible is still true, amen? My opinion on the Bible doesn't impact the truth of the Bible. And yet we have this eisegesis, exegesis battle. We exegete it here at this church. What does it say? We unpack it. 
We just teach it for what it is. We ask the Holy Spirit to get in my heart, your heart, to change us from the inside out, to transform us, to build us up in the faith, to grow us to be fully devoted followers of Jesus that produce fully devoted followers of Jesus. But yet so many today are stuck in this, not what, exegesis, but in this eisegesis. Or, hey, what does it mean to me? Let me put my own spin on it, my own flavor. No, it's true. The Bible is true whether I believe it or not. Two questions, two horrible questions to prayerfully never ask when you study Scripture. Two horrible questions. Number one, what does the Scripture mean to me? Horrible. You know why? I'll use myself as an example. I'm not always right. If I go through the lens of John and go, what does this mean to me? There's going to be a probability that's there that I'm going to miss what it actually means. Second question that you never want to ask, how do you feel about this Scripture? What's it mean to me? Who's the focus? Me. How do I feel? Do you see the center? Scheme of the enemy. It's all about God being the center. Christ being the center. It's actually, what does God's Word say? What does God's Word reveal about who He is, His attributes, His character? That's when we begin to ask. That's when we begin to get transformed. If I just ask what it means to me and how I feel about it, I won't be transformed by it. Why? Because I'm at the center of it, and I'm the actual problem of it. But when I decrease, and He begins to increase in my life, and I go, God, what does Your Word say? And by the way, my feelings will betray me, Amen. And so often, we see this happening so many times throughout our world today that people begin to infuse themselves into Scripture that they're somehow kind of the hero. Jesus is the hero. God and His glory are the hero. The only brand we're building is the brand of the kingdom of God. Amen? And yet, that thought doesn't always please people. Don't be seduced, though. I want to warn me and you. Don't be seduced. Don't be tricked. Don't be hoodwinked into somehow convincing ourselves that, you know, we'll be a follower of Jesus if we can't make time to get out of bed and go worship Him. Don't be seduced and tricked into somehow thinking we're going to be followers of Jesus when we can't make time to put Him first to pray, to seek His face, and to open His Word, and to, to share our glory story, to go across the street, even perhaps this afternoon to that neighbor that God's been speaking to you now for a while, and it's time to go share your glory story to that person, and just say, man, I, I just need to share something with you that, man, I was walking in darkness, I'm walking in light, I don't know where you are, but I just want to share that with you, because whatever you're dealing with today, Jesus is enough. It's amazing what can happen when we just simply trust and obey. That's why John 17, 17, I thought I'd give you an easy one. John 17, 17, which chapter is that in? Anyone know? 17, how about the verse? Man, you guys are good. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, John 17, 17, pretty easy. Sanctify them in your truth, in the truth rather. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is what, church? Truth. Isn't that good? We don't have to debate it. We just go, it's the truth. 
not relative. It's not what everyone wants or whatever. Hey, let's take a survey. No, this is the truth, and we stand on the truth of God's Word at Enon Baptist Church. Amen? Psalm 86.11, love this, Psalm 86.11, teach me your way. Did you catch this? This is very interesting. Teach me whose way? My way? Oh, wait a minute, your way. No, whose way? God's way. Isn't this so cool? Teach me. Humility, I'm receptive. Teach me your way, O God. O Lord, that I may, what? Walk. How I behave, how I act, in what? This is interesting, in what? In your truth. Unite my heart to do what? Fear your name. To holy on reverence your name. That that you're God and there is no other. And I, I just want to live for you all the days of my life. That is the life worth living. The lie from the enemy is this. Attain the American dream, which is really the American nightmare. Attain the American dream, and you'll somehow have everything you want in life. No, you won't. You won't. When you put Jesus first, you will finally have the contentment and the peace that perhaps even right now, at this moment, you are craving. Anything other than Jesus being first will never bring you the peace that you're craving. It's only Jesus. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. Proverbs, I love the book of Proverbs. You know this by now. Proverb a day will keep the enemy away. Amen? Proverbs 30, 5 through 6, listen to this. Every word of God proves, help me church, true. He is a, what church? Shield to those who take refuge in Him. Here we go. Do not add to His words. Don't interpret this yourself. Lest He rebuke you and you be found, help me church, a liar. Wow. See, this is exactly what the enemy does though. He convinces us to infuse our own opinions onto Scripture. That's what He does. Because He knows the one voice that it's hard to resist is our own. He's so crafty and He's so cunning. And He whispers habitually and it gets inside our heads in that circus between the ears, that ping pong match that goes on up there. No, we just get back to the truth. We stand on the truth. It's a shield right there in Proverbs 30. He's a shield to those who take refuge in Him. Lastly, verse 21. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. Interesting. So first we have the interpretation of man. Now we have the will of man. But men spoke from God as they were what? Carried along by the Holy Spirit. This is, this is so cool. Right there, that first phrase in your Bibles you're looking at in front of you. For no prophecy. None. That's what it means. Zero. No Scripture originated by man. Right there in the Bible in front of you. But men spoke from God. God literally breathed, breathed and birthed 
the words of Holy Scripture. Sola Scriptura. Scripture alone. We stand at this church on sola Scripture. Amen? It's Scripture alone that we stand on. Nothing else. And yet, how did this happen? Well, they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. They were moved. They were empowered by the Holy Spirit. Church, I'm telling you and me today, I'm preaching to myself, it's high time that we begin to light, right here, through this Word, we light the candle of the Gospel in our hearts, and we begin to preach it to ourselves daily. We must fan the flame as we studied a few weeks ago. We must constantly be fanning the flame of the gospel in our lives. Garbage in, garbage out. Truth in, truth out. It works that simply. We must fan the flame. We must stoke the fire in our hearts of the gospel of Jesus Christ that is the Word of God. And that's why our last key is this and key number three. Write this down. Scripture is not inspired by the will of man, period. Scripture is inspired by the will of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me say that one more time. I want to make sure this is very emphatic so there's not any question. Key number three, Scripture is not inspired by the will of man. Scripture is inspired by the will of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit. You're probably asking, well, how do you know? I'm glad you asked. Write down 2 Timothy chapter 3, 16 through 17. Write this down. All Scripture is breathed out by God. And it's going to do something. It's profitable. It'll give us a paycheck for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Not apart from it, but in it. Why? There, there's a why. There's always a why in Scripture that the man of God, that the woman of God, that human beings may be competent, equipped for every good work. Yes, he's talking to young Timothy. I get this. Pastor Timothy, I get this. But we can make a legitimate argument that right there, Scripture is just not for pastors. Scripture is for everyone that gives their life to Christ, that they may live and walk in this, that you may be victorious in your life. Paul said it like this, that we are more than conquerors. That means this, it's hyper victory. He's not saying that we partially win this battle. We are more than conquerors, literally a hyper victory, not apart from the struggles, but in the midst of the struggles. And yet it's easy, because I fall there too, it's easy to want to be pulled out of the fire. But often it's the fire that molds and shapes. It's hard to be battle-tested spiritually unless you've been in a battle. It's hard to be forged spiritually by a fire unless you've been in the fire. And that's what God's doing. And that's why in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 6, he carries on this thought. Paul does as he's backing up what Peter's saying. He says this, 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 6, And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. Listen to this. For I decided. He made a decision. There's a declaration. He put a stake in the ground, a line in the sand. He says this, for I have decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message, listen to this, 
were not implausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and of power. Why? You ask the question, why? There's the answer. So that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Church, here's the deal. I got nothing good to say to you this morning. I mean, I got nothing good to say to you this morning. But here's the deal. As a willing vessel of the gospel of Jesus Christ, as He speaks through me, He's got everything good to say to you this morning. Well, if we're just looking to men, you're on one sorry road. But when you look to Jesus, when you look to the King of glory, men, we'll let you down, won't we? Men, we'll all let each other down. But Jesus will never let us down. Don't put your trust in man. Don't put your trust in your favorite podcast preacher and begin to worship those guys. No, 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 no. Put your trust in Jesus Christ and Him alone, and He will prove Himself faithful in your life. Paul goes on in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I didn't want to make it too laborious, so I stayed in chapter 2, 12 through 16. Here it is. 1 Corinthians 2, 12 through 16. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world. What's good? Talking about the Spirit of God here, key number three. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit, capital S, who is from God. Why? There's another why. That we might understand the things freely given us by God, and we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the capital S Spirit, interpreting, there it is again, spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. See, here's the deal. Only true believers can really understand the truth of Scripture. That's why there's so much pushback against Scripture. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. Just don't do it. They are folly to him. That's foolish. No, it isn't. What's foolish? What's foolish is living life your own way and getting to the end. That's foolish. But what does the Bible go on and say? He's not able to understand them. Why? Because they are spiritually discerned. Verse 15, the spiritual person judges all things but is himself to be judged by no one. Verse 16, For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him and look at this declaration? I pray this is my declaration, and I pray it's for every one of you. But we have the mind, help me church, of Christ. Wow. That's it. If you want the cliff notes on how to live in the midst of the darkness. And let me warn you, by the way, if you're here today and you're like, you know what, I'm all in for Jesus, and you're really going to decide to stand for Jesus, not covertly. It's real easy to stand for Jesus behind the shed. No, I'm saying like, no, I'm standing for Jesus. 
Buckle up. Buckle up. Buckle up. But we're going to be like Paul. We're going to be determined to know nothing but Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Amen. I saw some alarming data here recently. I want to read this to you. If you're just kind of curious the reality of where we are, I want to read this. I didn't make this up. This is through Barna and some of the other survey gurus. Here it is. A recent survey found that only 51%, 51% of professing evangelical, that means they believe the Bible to be true, pastors have a biblical worldview. Okay, so let me just read that again in case you missed that. A recent survey, I didn't do it, this was given to me, found that only 51% of professing evangelical, the word evangelical in this definition is that we believe the Bible's true, pastors have a biblical worldview. Let me give you the cliff notes on this. So, as you teach the Word of God, you either have a biblical worldview or you don't. And when you have a biblical worldview, you teach the Word of God as though everything in the Bible is true. 51% of evangelical pastors, just a smidge over half, believe the Bible to be true. It gets worse. In addition, in 2021, a survey revealed that only 5% of adults that attend a Protestant church have a biblical worldview. 51% of pastors, which is alarming enough, 5% of the people actually believe the Bible to be true, and we wonder why there's so much tension and chaos. It's the work of the enemy is what it is. Church, we cannot be stagnant. We cannot be complacent. We must intentionally seek to be vessels of holiness, calling others to the same holiness. Yes, you're going to get pushed back on. Keep pushing others to be holy. Keep pushing others to be holy. As we hold fast, as we hold fast, church, to this glorious word of life, amen? We hold fast with every fiber of our being. Till the very end, we fight to the end. Amen? We won't bend. We won't buckle. We won't break. We will fight to the end because we're actually trying to help the very people that attack us. Because we know it's the Word of God that will set people free. Amen? Thomas Watson, one of my favorites, said it like this years ago. It must not be expected that the devil will let those rest who are laboring to destroy his kingdom, end quote. Are you walking today in the light truthfully? Or perhaps have you got lured and seduced over time into the darkness of apathy and indifference? Perhaps complacency. Perhaps making excuses spiritually. See, darkness is just not this list of big sins on this column. Darkness is anything that's against our great God. Oh, I pray today that you and I would leave this place today on such a mission to win the lost at any cost.
to see Chester transformed by His glory all for His praise, that He might rule and reign as we give our lives to Him. Oh, Father, we come before You and as we worship You today in this beautiful time. Holy Spirit, we pray that You'd move. Lord, don't allow us to resist or rebel against Your Word, but Holy Spirit, give us hearts that just crave it. Give us hearts that want to be transformed by it. Give us tender hearts that are humble and just saying, you know what? I want to use my glory story today to make a difference. Oh God, thank You for this precious time that we could be here. Father, maybe there's one here today, maybe several that have never given their life to You. And You're speaking right now. You're speaking right now. Holy Spirit, my prayer with, with just tears in my eyes is this. God, I pray for those that have never given their life to You. God, I pray that today, like right now, would be the day of salvation. Please remove the blinders and the scales. Don't allow them to walk in darkness any longer. Remind us, this is not our time, but this is Your time. How do we respond to You? Holy Spirit is just talking to me and you're talking to each person in this room. Are, are we going to resist or are we going to just say, you know what, we're going to wave the white flag and surrender all. Oh God, what do you want to do in this time? Find us faithful. Find us obedient. May you be glorified in this place today. And we pray this all in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. You've been listening to This Day in the Word, the radio teaching ministry of This Day Ministries. Don't forget that all of these messages are archived and are free to download at thisdayministries.org. That's thisdayministries.org. In addition, if you have been blessed by the teaching of God's Word during This Day in the Word, we would love to hear from you. Our email address is info at thisdayministries.org. Thanks again for listening as we strive to honor Christ and impact our world as we spend this day in the Word.